Well, we're turning this evening to the Psalms, to Psalm 61, and uh, we're going to read together from that Psalm, Psalm 61. Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings, Selah. For thou, O God, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. Thou wilt prolong the king's life and his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. Oh, prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him. So will I sing praise unto thy name forever, that I may daily perform my vows. Amen. I thank the Lord for this short psalm and for that which we will consider together tonight. Let's ask the Lord's help. Our Father, we thank thee for thy word, and we thank thee for thy servants who have gone before, and thy prophets to whom thou hast spoken and revealed many things. And we thank thee, Lord, for the record which they have written, that we might also join with them to give praise and honour unto thee, and to find help in time of need. Lord, the directions which they give and their experiences are great of great help to us. And Lord, particularly as we come to consider the Psalms, uh, we find that David has experienced so much of this world. And Lord, so much of the troubles, the difficulties, the fears and the terrors of soul, and Lord, we pray that thou wilt help us uh, to take counsel here at thy word, for thou hast been pleased to gather it together, uh, that we might read it and that we might meditate upon it. Bless us then, we pray thee, and give me the words to speak this evening, and Lord, we pray that each of us might leave this house looking unto thee and seeking thee with all our heart. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. I want to take as a text this evening the second part of verse 2, uh, those words which are quite well known amongst us, I'm sure. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. It's often the only way of escape uh, for the, en- uh, the armies of the Lord uh, in the days of David. The enemy armies pressing forward their advantage and seeking to catch the fleeing hosts running away. Uh, and, of course, it wasn't always that, the, that Israel was on the, uh, on the back foot and seeking to escape, but quite often Israel were the pursuing army. But David had these understandings also, that there were times when he needed to run. There were days when Saul was after him, and there were days also when Absalom uh, sought to slay his father. That's a well-used tactic in retreat and one often referred to in the scripture uh, that you seek a high place and you uh, seek somewhere which is a stronghold and the rock which is mentioned here was a a rock in a high place so that he might have uh, safety in the last days in the judgment of God it says and men will cry to the rocks and to the mountains saying fall on us And when Christ prophesied the fall of Jerusalem, he warned his disciples, let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. 
So this is uh, something which is known within the scripture and uh, certainly it was known in the days of David uh, that the safe place was to be in the mountains. Masada, of course, was one of those places in the days of the Romans and there were many many of the Jews who uh, fled to Masada and they went to the top of the mountains there up a secret pathway which was very hard to find and they were able to uh, stay there besieged for a long time before the Romans built a ramp all the way to the top of the mountain. The Romans certainly didn't give up, and it was a mighty feat which they did. And when they got there, they found that the Jews had killed themselves, and so it was all uh, for to no effect. But nevertheless, there was that safety which they sought in the top of the mountain in those days. Again, the psalmist in his uh, cogitations looks out from Jerusalem and uh, utters the well-known words of Psalm 121. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. But it's not the hills on this occasion that he actually seeks uh, his hope from. No, in answer to his his words, he says, My help comes from the Lord. From whence cometh my help, he asks? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Not the mountains, but from the Lord. And of course, on the same line here, uh, the psalmist is not seeking to a physical rock that he can hide behind, but he is seeking to the Lord, that the Lord would be his help. David is clearly thinking of the Lord in this way. It seems that the psalm was written at the time of David's exile, when Absalom had been the cause of his flight, and many troubles were upon him at this time, and Absalom sought to take the kingdom away. And many a grieving heart, I imagine, uh, is found, it, uh, has found help in the words of this psalm, a verbal outlet for uh, the turmoils of our heart. Many, no doubt, have found that David's Lord is no less gracious to them than he was to David, merciful, comforting. And David, of course, the man who is referred to as the man after God's own heart in the early days of his life, certainly, and indeed, once we are a man after God's own heart, we remain so, though we should fall into sin, as David certainly did. But here, as in all the scripture, there's a beauty of truth that flows uh, to us from the word. It reveals to us an important lesson that we should not only recall when we are in some trouble, temptation or trouble, but always that we might seek to the rock which is higher than we. And if we would remember that, perhaps, that we would have less of the trials and the temptations and the troubles. So David is brought back to his need of the Lord here. And he begins, Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. How important prayer is in times of trouble, that we should seek the Lord's face. And then from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee, he says, when my heart is overwhelmed. And there are times when our hearts can be overwhelmed, when there are uh, troubles which seem to have no end, uh, where there is nowhere for us to flee, where there is no safety, it seems, around us, and even man cannot help us. I don't know what your experiences of life are. Um, Perhaps you have not really experienced too much of the, the, the fears of death, And certainly I've not really been in that situation uh, where death was uh, staring me in the face. But being a man, perhaps, uh, when I've been ill and uh, feeling as though I'm about to die, certainly it has come to my mind, well, what happens when you die? And who can be with you when you die? Who can hold your hand when you die? Who can go with you through the valley of the shadow of death? 
when you die. Surely, even if you have a, a loved one uh, next to you and they are holding your hand, the one who actually can go with us is the Lord. The one who can actually uh, shepherd us into that everlasting state is the Lord. Strangely enough, I was uh, thinking about this just the, the other day. I can't remember quite what it was I was thinking, but it just c came to me at the time. I wonder what it's like actually to die uh, as this world begins to fade uh, and as we begin to, uh, to, to lose consciousness of the things which are around us. What happens then? What will it be like? Do we immediately see the courts of heaven? Do we see the angels? Do we see the Lord? What will it actually be like? Well, none of us, of course, know. For none of us have died and come back uh, and uh, uh, know what it will be like. So there is this still this mystery of death which uh, lies before us. And the fear of it so often, as we read in Hebrews chapter 2, is the thing which can trouble us throughout our lives. But David seeks to come to the rock that is higher than he. Lead me, he says. So we see here, first of all, the dependency of the psalmist's soul, that he is dependent upon the Lord. And there's perhaps the, the first thing we have to consider when we see the dependency of the psalmist's soul is the danger of independence. Now, we've been studying the life of David for a long time now and the life of Saul too through first Samuel and we have seen those times when David has trusted in his own arm in his own thinking when it seemed good to him to do something when it seemed good to him to go down to the Philistines uh, when it seemed good to him to escape from his uh, his uh, present troubles and he didn't seek the Lord and we've seen the trouble that it has got him into on so many different occasions the danger of independence. You see, the danger of independence is that it separates us from the wisdom of God. It separates us from the scriptures. It separates us from prayer. We don't need to seek the Lord when we're independent. A man likes to be independent. We like to be able to say, well, uh, if I am going to heaven, for instance, it will be on my own terms. It will be because I have done this or because I have done that. I have no dependency upon God. There is one slur which has carried on throughout the ages against Christianity, and that is that Christianity is just a crutch. That's why it is religion and Christianity in particular, because uh, it was the, the, the uh, governing religion of this country. But the Christianity is a crutch and that uh, it supports us. But is that really a slur? Should we be annoyed by people saying, well, Christianity is just a crutch? Should we not rather say to them, that's exactly what it is. We are dependent upon God. God upholds us. God strengthens us. God supports us. It is he who catches us when we fall. It is he who is able to make us stable in this, in this situation. A crutch can be a very useful tool. And the Lord, if he is our strength, if he is our support, there is no better. They seem to use this slur in such a way as to say that they don't need a crutch. And yet people have all kinds of crutches. People use alcohol as a crutch. People use drugs as a crutch. People use other people as a crutch. People use all kinds of philosophies as a crutch. 
because we all need something to help us and to support us. It is necessary for humans. Remember what God said right at the very beginning of the human race. He said it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a help meet for him. We all need someone. And if our need is met by the Lord, there is no greater. And he is the one who is able to uphold us. There is a great danger of independence It separates us from the wisdom of God. And it brings us, perhaps, into the valley in the first place. The reason I say the valley, of course, is because David is saying here, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Therefore, he's in a low place. And we use this terminology of people being in a low place. Well, my my thinking is at a low ebb. I'm feeling down. Uh, This is the terminology, and the reason it's the terminology is because there is a real kind of a down feeling, a depression. Even that word speaks of being down, depressed. And here the psalmist has come to this, this valley of depression, the valley, perhaps we might even use the term, the valley of the shadow of death. And now, because he is so low, he cries out to the Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I the danger of independence be careful in your life be careful that you don't forget the Lord be careful that you don't set the word of God aside that you don't leave out the place of prayer be careful that you don't uh, just ignore the Lord Uh, we read this morning from Matthew chapter 6 and it says that you might hold to the one and despise the other Uh, we cannot serve God and mammon despise the other well, the word despise in these days, we, we kind of use that word as someone who, who sneers and, uh, and has no interest. Well, we might say, well, I'm a Christian, I, I don't really despise the Lord, or uh, I come to church, and I'm not sure if I'm a Christian or not, I don't really despise the Lord. But what does it mean in its context? It doesn't mean to despise and to hate and to look down upon. It just means to set aside. As you hold to the one, and you set aside the other. You are holding to mammon and go in that direction, and the other is just set aside. Despising, therefore, is not any kind of a moral outlook. It is just not taking any notice. And we can be in that situation. Do we ignore God? Well, the Lord is always uh, by every one of us. Dave, uh, Paul preached that to the, uh, the the people in uh, in the book of Acts, and he says that God is before is uh, near to every one of us. In Him we live and move and have our being. God is always there, but nevertheless, if we are ignoring Him, even though He is still nearby, or at least we think Him to be so, we need to be careful that the Lord doesn't say in that day when we have need, well. You've done all right yourself. You've trusted in your idols. You've trusted in mammon. You've trusted in yourself. You've trusted in friends. You've trusted in philosophies. Let's see how well they can stand for you now. And that's possible, isn't it? Remember Samson? He too thought that God was nearby until he went out and shook himself. And the Philistines were able to take him because his hair had been cut, because he had followed his own imaginations rather than the word of the lord we must need to be careful it may be so that even after some kind of trouble 
and difficulty because of our errors, that the Lord will pick us up and draw us back once again, that he might restore us. But if we're in the midst of error, we cannot be sure that the Lord is going to restore us. We cannot be sure that we actually trusted him in the first place. We cannot be sure that what we said, that we believed in the Lord, was an actual uh, truth, or whether it was just a statement in the heat of the moment or in the passion of the moment. We need to be sure that we're walking with the Lord. And here the psalmist is praying, and he is coming before God, and he is crying unto the Lord, Attend unto my prayer from the ends of the earth. Will I cry unto thee? Maybe this was upon his heart, that he was at the end of the earth. He had gone so far away from the Lord. When my heart is overwhelmed, I will cry, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. We see then, secondly, not just the dependency of the psalmist's soul, when he is saying to the Lord, lead me, Lord, you lead me, that I might come to that rock which is higher than I, but the destination of the psalmist's heart to the rock the rock of course affords a greater protection the rock is a place where david in many a battle had hidden himself and was protected from the sight of the enemy and perhaps he was protected even from the spears or from the arrows of the enemy the rock is a a good place to be rocks are very hard Uh, they don't break very easily Uh, they can be broken but they wouldn't be broken while someone was hiding behind them. Uh, It would take them a long time to be able to chisel into them and and to split them apart. So a rock is a great place to be. And here is the destination of the psalmist's heart, this place of protection, a place of comfort. And the Lord is that for us, to come to the Lord and to know that the Lord is between us and our danger. There is nothing greater Uh, no greater confidence that we can have to know the lord is our protection because who can defeat the lord who can overcome the lord who can reach those who are in the arms of the lord there is none who is he that condemneth it is christ that died yea rather that is risen again who is even at the right hand of god whoever liveth to make intercession for us who is he that condemneth who can defeat us there is none a wonderful place to be in the protection of God when the Lord has his hands around us, when the Lord has us in his bosom. And not only does it affect that, uh, give us that protection, but it also gives us an opportunity of contemplation. When we feel that we are protected, then we can begin to think. I'm sure there were times in David's life when he was escaping for his life and for any of us if we just take a moment to think if we were seeking to escape someone who is after us uh, then we would look in, be looking instantly for places to turn for places to hide for a play, way to lose our followers uh, those who are seeking to catch us we would be looking for ways of escape we wouldn't have time really to contemplate our situation it would all be one thing after the other but once we have a place in which to hide then we can begin to think and we can contemplate uh, a way that we might be safe. So this protection of the Lord is a place of contemplation. And behind the rock, if David is there, this rock that is higher than he is, there he might stop and think and have some refuge for a time. Then also it gives a new perspective. 
Because here we have a rock which is higher. And just to take that as uh, in a pictorial way, we, we might think of David in the valley uh, and his pursuers after him. And there is a rock which is higher, uh, but he's not quite sure where it is down the valley. He's saying to the Lord, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher. And then he catches sight of the rock and he gets up to that height. And there from that height, there's a whole new perspective. Now he can see the army. It's not just the shoutings and, the, uh, and those at the front which he might be able to see as he looks over his shoulder. But he is able to see them all, where they all are. He knows which way they're coming from, and he knows which way he can escape. A whole new perspective. And spiritually, when we're walking with the Lord, there is a whole new perspective when we're in the presence of the Lord. When we look at the troubles and the difficulties of this life, and we begin to see them from the Lord's perspective, and what they actually are. We know that the Lord would have us to be prepared for glory and for our service in heaven. And sometimes the things of the world are just a, a hindrance to us. And the Lord delivers us from them. We can see these things from the perspective of the Lord. If we can see as the Lord sees. We're so often brought to that situation when we read Christ's words. And we were looking at something there today about sight. And if thine eye be single, thy whole body is full of light. If thy eye be evil, then is thy whole body filled with darkness. If therefore that light which is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. That was the Lord's perspective. Something which probably would never would have come to our minds to think about. And when we begin to see from the Lord's point of view, we understand so so much more about our own hearts and our own condition. We're able to make new observations. And then also this rock, it is, in a spiritual sense, a place of fellowship. He is seeking to be brought to the rock, and the rock is the Lord. The rock that followed them, we read in 1 Corinthians, was Christ. And when he speaks of the rock, he's speaking of the Lord. It's a place of fellowship. We read together from Isaiah 32 and verse 2, And a man shall be as an hiding place from the wind. And a covert from the tempest, as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. Here is a place of fellowship. This man, the man shall be a hiding place. The man shall be a covert from the tempest. A man shall be rivers of water in a dry place. A man shall be a sh- as a, the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. Who is this man? It is the man Christ Jesus. Behold the man. It is Christ who gives us deliverance. It is Christ who gives us safety. It is Christ who gives us joy and assurance. In just turn a couple of uh, uh, Psalms on from where we're looking in Psalm 61 to Psalm 63 and the first verse. O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. The Lord, you see, is that shadow of a great rock in a weary land. 
And here he thirsts and longs in a dry and thirsty land, in a a dry and, if you have a margin there, weary land where no water is. He seeks the Lord. So this man shall be in hiding place. This man is the Lord. This man is Christ. We have our safety in him. And then we see finally to note the debasement of the psalmist's self. His debasement. Because he is saying here, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And it's in these times, isn't it, when in our weakness that we really really recognize how low we are. That we really recognize what worthless, uh, to use the words of, of some of the hymn writers of the past, what worthless worms we are. The words of Job, in fact, or the book of Job anyway. Uh, we are, well, we're just the dust of the earth. I suppose the word worms is used because they live in the earth. But we know that when God created us, he created us from the dust of the earth. From dust we were taken, unto dust shall we return. We, we recognize these things in a sense, but do we really recognize them in a spiritual context? What are we before the Lord? Are we not just the creation of his hands? Are we not just those who are here for a moment? Today we are. Tomorrow we are passed away. Are we not just a a morning mist which moves away in the bright sun? Trouble is a great eye-opener. We begin to see just what we are. We begin to see that we are sinners. We begin to see that we have need that we begin to see that we cannot deliver ourselves and we begin to understand that there is a need for something more. There are some, of course, who have recognized the need for something more, but they have not sought it in the Lord. They have sought it through uh, some other religion, perhaps, or some other philosophy, and usually it is bound up with selfishness in some way. Uh, They might earn their way to heaven, uh, that they might have uh, some... uh, peace of heart and say to themselves peace peace when there is no peace but trouble is a great eye-opener for us and the psalmist debases himself and he says even though he is the king and look at this in verse 6 thou wilt prolong the king's life even though he is the king he says lead me to the rock that is higher than i who's higher than the king is not the king in the days of david the ultimate Is he not the high court? Is he not the one who can pardon uh, the miscreant or even that one who uh, is worthy of death? Does he not have power? Remember what Pilate said to Christ. Do you not realize that I I have power to let you go or I have power to crucify you? But what did Christ say? Well, you could have no power at all except it were given you of my father. Uh, You see, here the psalmist recognizes that the Lord is the mighty power and that he needs the lord lead me to the rock that is higher than i for thou hast been a shelter for me a refuge for me and a strong tower from the enemy i will abide in thy tabernacle or in thy tent forever i will trust in the covert or the secret place of thy wings i will hide in the lord perhaps we're in trouble today Perhaps there are troubles in our lives. Perhaps we don't see the way to get out of them. The way is the Lord. The way is to cry out to the Lord. The way is to say to the Lord, 
Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Psalm 138 and verse 6, it says, Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. He hath respect unto the lowly. David humbles himself in the presence of the Lord here, and the Lord has respect for him because he humbles himself, because he debases himself, and he recognizes that the Lord is a rock, Though he be king, a rock that is higher than he. Have we recognized it? Do we understand who the Lord is and what our need is? Do you have the Lord ever in your eyes as higher than you? And a desire, a burning desire within your heart to be lifted up where the Lord is. And so often people desire that the Lord come down to where they are. But all oh, that we might constantly pray and desire that we might be lifted up and led to the rock that is higher than we are may the lord bless these thoughts to our hearts and may we grow in grace and understanding of the things of the lord